You are listening to a sermon from Village Baptist Church in Petaluma. For more sermons like this one, please visit our website at villagebaptisthome.org. Our mission is to win people to Christ and develop them into active disciples. We pray this sermon is a blessing to you. Now let's hear today's message. I want to speak on a subject that is very controversial. And uh, as many people as possible are going to be involved in my message today. I will recognize you as you uh, get involved in the message. Please, if you have a pencil, a paper, a pen, I want you to write down some passages. From the Old Testament, I'd like you to write down Leviticus chapter 27, verses 30 through 33. Leviticus 27, 30 through 33. The book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 18, verses 21 through 32. Numbers chapter 18, verses 21 through 32. Deuteronomy. There are two chapters in Deuteronomy that I would like you to write down. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 5 through 18. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 through 29. So two passages in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the book that restates all the laws that are found in the books of Numbers and Leviticus. Restating it. It's called the second law, Deuteronomy. Due to second Nomos law. Chapter 12, verses 5 through 18, and Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 through 29. One more, two more books in the Old Testament. Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, chapter 10. Beginning with verse 37. And reading to the end of the chapter. Nehemiah chapter 10, verses 37 to the end of the chapter. I'm going to give you one that you are all familiar with. So far, who can guess what my topic is today? Is there anyone that can guess? Yes? Loss. Okay, what particular one? You don't know? Okay. Thank you for trying. I love her. She's always trying. She's the youth that's always trying and always listening and always following. Yes? 
Tithing. Come up here. Come up here. Amen. It's about tithing. You can take anything you want from there. All right. Let's give her a hand again. The reason why I did not give you the last book before I asked what I'm preaching about is because the next book is Malachi, chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Malachi, chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. For those who think tithing is not taught in the New Testament, let me give you several passages. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23. You can remember about that real fast. 23, 23. Matthew 23 and verse 23. Luke 11, verse 42. Luke 11, verse 42. And Luke 18... Verses 9 through 14. Luke 18, 9 through 18. Uh, what was it? 9 through 14, sorry. I was thinking of the chapter. Last but not the only book in the New Testament, but I'm giving you this because I'm going to be focusing on them. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Verse 6 through 7. There was another passage that I did not give to you, but I'm going to just snuck it in. Snake it in. Uh, Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, verses 28 through 33. And uh, you can always compare that with Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 27. Tithing is a very interesting topic. And a very controversial topic for us to talk about in the church or in any type of setting because we are talking primarily about not consuming 100% of what you have. For yourself. Are you with me? 
when you start telling people what to do with 100% of what they have, then they begin to ask you the question, who gives you the authority to tell me what I can do and what I cannot do? It's my money. It's my time. It's my spiritual gift. I can do whatever I want with it. They're my resources. Let me dispel a few of the lies that has been told by a lot of people. The idea that tithing is only an Old Testament concept is a lie. Yes. Jesus dealt with it. And he taught people about it. You're going to see the passages. It's a lie. And that lie is not even very solid anyway. It's not standing on a solid foundation. Why? Because God did not give us a half book as Christians. The book you have in your hand right now, how many of you have a Bible that's just the New Testament? Raise your hand. Your Bible is just the New Testament. I wonder why you have the Old Testament. Why do you think you need the Old Testament? It's the Old Testament anyway. So discard it. So whenever you say it's only in the Old Testament, remember that the Lord's Psalm 23 is in the Old Testament. So if you don't want to follow the Old Testament in some parts, don't follow the Old Testament at all. So when you are in, the, in trouble, don't say the Lord is my shepherd. Don't say it because it's in the Old Testament. Don't start saying the plan I have for you is, no, it's Nehemiah, it's in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, I'm sorry. It's in the Old Testament. Don't say God created the heavens and the earth because that's in the Old Testament. Don't say, I will lift up my eyes to the hills where my help comes from. Don't do that. It's in the Old Testament. Every time you're going to conveniently say something I don't want to follow, it's in the Old Testament. Remember, discard the Old Testament. If one part of it is not valid, all are not valid. 
Because Jesus said not even one jot or a tittle will pass from the law. Amen. He wasn't talking about the New Testament when he said that. The passage that we always refer to, uh, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, is talking about the Old Testament. Are you all still with me? This is the Bible. Amen, dog. What's your dog's name? Huh? Rock. Like rock, rock? Rock. Okay. <laughs> probably, probably say, who is that idiot that can't pronounce my name? <laughs> okay. Here. The whole Bible. That's what we call the Bible. If you have one and not the other, you won't call it the Bible. The old and the new. The old is a schoolmaster to bring us to the new. And in the study of the Bible, we recognize that the old and the new all point to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was spoken about 2,000, 4,000 years before he showed show himself on the, on the scene. The Bible. In our statement of faith, we say the Bible is the only authority, the sole authority. Sold like this, not this. It's the sole only. The Bible is the only authority in what? In matters of faith and practice. Okay? So faith is what we believe and practice is what we do. They say your church doesn't have a statement of faith. Yes, we do. The Bible is our sole authority in matters of faith and practice. Not the creeds that are handed down by tradition. We're talking about the Bible. And there is no part of the Bible that is useless to you. You are not a New Testament Christian. You are a Bible Christian. Did I lay the foundation well enough? 
So when we talk about tithing, the mistake we make is that we don't tie it together with Christian stewardship. Let me, how many people, how many of you know the average that the Old Testament believer, worshiper, follower of Yahweh, what is the average tithe that they pay? Yes. I'm sorry? Okay. 23%. And that includes a trip to Jerusalem that you must do. Go ahead and take something, please. Amen. Yes, yes. The average, you know, the 10% is the minimum. There are other things that are required for the average uh, Israelite to give to God that amounts to, at the year, they have paid 23% of all that they own, what God has blessed them with, to, to God. So when we talk about tithing, the question that's usually brought up by people is, is it 10% of my gross or is it 10% of my net? What is tithing? The little pamphlet you uh, bought, and some of you have, defines it for us. Nia, are you trying to define it for me? No, okay. Tithing is following God in what he laid down in the Bible as the way that he wants to fund his ministry and his nation. Given at least one-tenth of what he has given to you. Give back to him. Remember, he owns 100%. And tithing is, God wants you to have him in the focus of your operation. Not just in your money. God is not just concerned about your money. He is concerned about 100% of what he has gifted you. 
Many of you work in the church, you give more than 10%. Many of you do a lot of things and we don't even pay you a dime. God pays you because of what you do for him that is not motivated by what you get. Amen. That's why as a preacher, I don't want to do the minimum that's required of me. I want to do more because God has done more for me. I want to do more in respecting his person. Amen. We serve a holy God. God gives to us without limit. The only limit is what we put on him. Will a man rob God? Yes. You may not have a gun. Or a knife. But you're robbing God because you're keeping what belongs to God for yourself. Amen, lights. I told you it's very controversial. Let me say something, and I'm going to, I hope you're not going to stone me after this message. Amen. If all you're giving to God is 10%, you're pitiful. I want God to tell me Thou good and faithful servant. For the little that I'm doing here, God knows my capacity. And the scripture, New Testament principle is you should not give out of your abundance alone. You should give out of your poverty. God is not expecting only rich folks to give 10%. The foundation for Christian stewardship is true discipleship. You cannot be a Christian steward if you're not a true disciple. Will a man rob God? We're robbing God all the time. And unfortunately, some of us do it with fanfare. You remember 
two couples named Ananias and Sapphira. In the book of Acts, you go to a lot of churches. In fact, we have some, some churches in Nigeria. When they, it's time for offering, they dance. They do everything, you know. And a lot of them dance. If God were to judge them, they would be falling down while they're dancing. There is no need to lie to tell God you're giving him 10% when all you're doing is giving him 2%. Why do you even want to judge yourself? It's not required for your salvation. You're not saved because you tithe. You tithe because you're saved. Some people call themselves Christians and they have never given God 10%. Never. And they think they're smart. Some of us have to find somebody else to calculate for us to give 10%. Are you still with me? I don't want to lose anybody. And those of you online too, I don't want to lose you. God is very funny. He has good time just watching us. And do you know why? God gave us the the simplest formula for giving to him. If God has said 3%, we will have a riot. 3%, 2 take 1 plus 1, and 3. Many of us will become, you know, artificial mathematicians. You make it difficult if you say 4.5%. Some of us, we need calculators. God doesn't want you to have any excuse. So he gave you 10%. You don't need a calculator to do that. You understand me? If you made $2,478 a month, you don't need a calculator to figure out what you need to give. How do you figure it out? Yes? Come do it for us. And you give what? Go ahead and take one. Amen. 
You're welcome. Aliyah, come. Come. Did you see what she did? All she did was to move the decimal point. You've learned about decimal points in school, right? Okay. So if you make $400, what would be your tithe? Move, move the point. Okay, this one will have the decimal point here, all right? Just move it one point. Okay, so how much will you give then? $40. Go take one. You don't have to have a degree in additional mathematics to figure it out. But I don't make enough. Hope, come help me out. I only make $48. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead. This is what God is asking us to do. Amen? And some say, well, it gets kind of really complicated. Because my net is and my gross is. It's really amazing how we do this. Okay, I'm, do, I'm just trying to be practical today. If you are applying to buy a car, do you tell them your gross or your net? Ah, Mr. Bank, I don't want you to consider my gross. But when it gets to God, we prefer the net. <laughs> and God is just smiling. Who do you think you are cheating? You're not cheating God because he doesn't need your money. The last time somebody argued with him, he said, go look on the hills. Look at all the cows and all the, did you put them there? They're mine. That meat that you can't give up for 10 days, I give them to you. They're mine. Do you want to give it up for a good reason or you want the doctor to tell you you can't eat them anymore? Amen. I kind of snuck that in into. <laughs> that was a commercial.
if you confess that you are a Christian and you're not willing to do what God says, then you are not a good Christian. If God said, trust me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and you say, God, this one is too big. I have to figure out the way myself. Now, does the New Testament teach a principle that is different from tithing? No. Paul said, on the first day of the week, by the way, the first day of the week is when? Sunday. Sunday, thank you. Some of you think it's Monday. (laughs) The first day of the week is Sunday. What you have decided to give, Paul can say that to the average Jew because the average Jew would not think of a way of cheating God. Especially when you say, be generous. Be generous to God because he is a generous God. I'm not saying that because my salary comes from that. I'm not saying that because of anything. Believe me, I used to live on less than $200 a month as a pastor. Ancient of days. Dick and Allen knows about it. But God did not call me to the church for money. He called me to minister, and I trust he will take care of me. And he has done that, and he has never failed. And if you trust him, if you trust him, he will take care of you. You can make $10 today. God will raise it to more than a million. If you just trust him. seen him do it over and over and over and over again if you're just faithful and you're just faithful to him and you're just an obedient person you do what he says let him do what only he can do I wish I could Spend some more time on that. God is not just talking about tithing when he talks to us as Christians. The Bible speaks more about money than it does prayer. Because God wants you to be a good steward of his manifold blessings. Be faithful to him and see him work. Tithing is committing yourself to obeying God. It's just that simple. 
And if you don't belong to him, I cannot convince you to do it. Tithing is an action of a grateful heart. I thank God that I am still breathing. Amen. Coronavirus came. More than a million Americans died. You're here today. Because God protected you. A thousand may fall by your side, but he'll protect you. Tithing of all that we have, all that we have, all that God has given to us, tithing our time to him, tithing our possessions to him, tithing our gifts to him. What God wants of us. Okay, I know uh, there are going to be a lot of questions. I will entertain your questions. And we'll go deeper into it. You know I have not read any of the passages, but I wanted you to have them. And uh, maybe some of the uh, passages will come from your questions. Do we have any questions? We have the, uh, yeah, we have the uh, thing here, right? Is it on? It's on? Okay. It's not on. Is it on? Yes. Pastor, I don't have a question, but I just wanted to share that I was one of those um, Christians prior to coming to Village who used to pay uh, my tithes from my net. And when I was dating my husband, you know, we talked about everything, about our credit, about money, about everything. Um, You know, as we were dating, he asked me about how I tithe. And I said, oh, you know, I told him I tithe from my net. He's like, no, it's supposed to be time from your growth. So he said, so when you do your taxes and if you get a refund, do you tithe tie from that as well. And I say, well, no, I don't. And so that's how I learned about how to tie from my gross and not from my net. And it's, and it's not because I was trying to cheat God, to be honest with you. I just didn't know because I was going to a church that didn't teach about tithing, right? I just know that I was supposed to tie, but nobody really explained it to me until I met him. And then, of course, I came to this church. So just wanted to share that. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. Amen. Amen. Any any other comment or question? Stewardship. The word stewardship comes from oikonomia, uh, which is where we get the word economics from. To be a steward is to be an economist. An economist that uh, is concerned about taking care of what God has given to you. And we don't have time for that today, but I'm just saying a portion of what we're talking about. God is, God is interested in you being obedient to him and giving him 10%, but he's also interested in how you spend the 90% that's left. 
Amen. In fact, the Bible says it's an evil man that doesn't have plan to leave inheritance for his children. A lot of things we can talk about about money, but you don't want anybody to talk about your money. It's my money. <laughs> no, it's not your money. It's God's money. And God is holding you responsible for how you spend it. Yes. Uh, it's, it's not a question. It's just, um, I mean, I learned to tithe when I was really young. And I think people, th people think that if I hold back my tithe that I'm going to actually be saving money when, in fact, you're losing money by keeping God's money. I, just one quick example. Last year, I had three, three kids who left um, to go to school right at the same time. So I lost two full-time salaries, and I have to, I have to do pre-taxes, um, estimated taxes, and so you have to figure out, you know, like three-month period, how much you made during that time. And when I did it this year, the exact same time last year that I lost two salaries, and I added this year, it was the exact same thing. I don't even know where that money, I don't know, I lost two salaries. How can I have made the same thing in that same period of time? So I know God blesses us when we're faithful with tithing, and so we can't even figure out where the money came from. Amen. So, Amen. 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 That's that burning question that's been on your mind on tithing. Amen. Amen. Okay. Let me let me just ask one or two questions and see who can answer them. How can you avoid worrying about your financial future? Yes. Do a budget. Okay, do a budget. And in the budget, what do you recognize first? My tithe. God the Lord. Okay, okay. That all belongs to God. Come on, come on, come on. In managing, in managing what God has given to us, maybe I'm answering my own question. What is the difference between someone who is tithing and someone who is not? What's the difference between two Christians? One is tithing and one is not. Uh, Rosalind, I'll get the, get the um, mic. Rosalind in the back. She's in the back. We're in the back. One is being obedient to God's word and one is not. Okay, great. Somebody get a, a prize for her. Adrian, okay. That's the difference. It's not like you're not a Christian and the other is. It's the fact that one is obedient and one is disobedient. 
Okay. Who is required to tithe? Yes. All Christians. Are you sure about that? Uh, stand up and say it to everybody. To turn. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Wes, you have a question. All right. <laughs> well, I uh, was wondering if if you can explain if there is a difference between the first fruits, giving of the first fruits, and what tithing might be in, in comparison, or if they are the same thing. Yes. Um, of course, that is more used because the Old Testament economy was based on agriculture. So when people did harvesting, they were supposed to get the first one and set it aside for God. And we can go into a lot of stories where people try to find the ones that are defect, defective and things like that and set aside. So the idea is you set aside the first part. Okay, so God gets the best and you get the rest. So the first fruit of your increase is the top. Dickon Allen. I'm a witness that God will bless you. Amen. When I was young and I had seven, six children in the house, and sometimes I wondered how in the world were I going to pay rent and other things and still tie. So I was getting up every Sunday reading the scripture, Malachi 8, uh, three. chapter 3, 8 through 11. And I looked at myself and I wasn't really tithing. I was putting, I thought, a lot of money in there, but I wasn't tithing. So I started to tithe. And I noticed everything was so easy to take care of after that. Every time I look around, when I start tithing, my money was overflowing, and I had to re readjust it. And so I'm a witness that if you truly tithe, the Lord will bless you. Amen. Amen. If you're, you know, um, it's, it's very easy to be legalistic. We don't want to be that. The first fruit is emphasizing that God has his numero uno. When you harvest, you give God what belongs to him and see what he's going to do. That's what he did in your case, Dick and Alan. And you know God is not saying, give this to me so I can take it to heaven and use it on myself. Amen. 
And he tells us, that's why we have a deacon ministry that will take care of widows, that will take care of people who need uh, financial assistance and things like that. God says, use it, take care of the Levites, take care of your pastor, take care of those in ministry, but don't let it remain just in your church. Reach out. I want to tell you that this church takes care of the ministry that Southern Baptists have all around the world. And you combine what we give to what other thousands of churches give. That is why we have full-time doctors all over the world. Teachers all over the world. And it's because of our faithfulness to make sure our money does not just stay in our church. And we also have a mission. And some of you give tithes and you also give above tithes. No church can reward you for that, but only God can reward you for it. Amen. Okay, I can go on and on and on. Please, if you have a question, even if it's controversial, ask it. Because this is where we learn. We learn here. To do the right thing, to do what God, yes. Yes, I was wondering, uh, in the Bible it says tithes and offerings. Yes. So... We, we value the offerings as well as tithes, right? But mm -hmm. that's different in what way? Wow, that's a, that's a deep question. Uh, and I cannot list everything for you. But uh, if you read uh, just a casual reading of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy will tell you there are several offerings that are prescribed for the average Israelite, for the average Jew the average Hebrew, uh, there's a gift offering that's, uh, you know, uh, oh no, no, there's several of them, let me put it that way, uh, that you are to give. Um, I, I associated with something like if I get a promotion on my job, instead of just reflecting it on my tithe, I give a special offering towards it. We don't have guilt offerings anymore. We don't have all those because Jesus has taken away our guilt. That's what propitiation is, taking away the wrath of God from us. He is the propitiation for our sins. But with a grateful heart, anything happens. On your birthday, for example, give a special offering, recognizing God leaving you here for another year, you know, uh, and on and on. So uh, tithes and offering. Offering will go, for example, uh, every now and then, we have not done it lately, we'll take up an offering for the deacon's fund. And you don't have to wait until we ask for you to do that, you know. So we give a lot of offerings, and as the... Old Testament uh, uh, 
house of Israel gave offerings that were prescribed for them to give. So to give. So when they said tithes and offering, it was including that. The things that are already prescribed that you should give. Yes. Uh, could you give Heather the uh, microphone, please? So I've heard it said that people can tithe their time. And I understood that it said in lieu of giving money, giving their um, financial time. I don't know if I've understood that incorrectly. So well, is there such thing it's, as tithing? It's not, it's not that you understood it incorrectly, but somebody may have taught it incorrectly. Okay. When we talk about tithes, remember we're talking about Christian stewardship. It's money, it's time. It's some people say talent, but talent and gifts can be combined. Okay. For example, there are some people in the back there, they have talents. It may be missed with a gift that God has given to them, but they're using their talent to serve God. Uh, being able to play the piano is a talent. Or you went to school to learn it. Okay, it's not a gift, but you give it to God. So we have talent and gifts. It's not either or. Stewardship is all of life. So I cannot say, okay, I'm going to give 3% of my time, 3% of my money, 3% of my gifts. No, that's the wrong formula. It's 10% all around. And that's the minimum. That's the minimum. Yes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So, I have a friend, she's a Christian, who said to me some time ago that God understands if she has to take her money and pay her bills and not her tithes because God knows that she has bills to pay. And my husband and I were like, well, no, your first responsibility is to pay your tithes. But it was quite a deep and heavy discussion <laughs> we had with her. That, and, and she was very strong in her belief and opinion that yes. it's okay. Mm -hmm. If God does understand, he understands that I have bills to pay. And we're like, OMG. Yeah. yeah. By the way, first fruits, that may end the argument. Okay? But... Aside from that, if you want to discuss with God on what he says, then let God discuss it with you when you go to him. So, okay, say, I'm just going to give, you know, we're going to discuss it first and we'll see whether you, you're really worth it. Yes. 
So I'm an avid giver too, but <clears throat> again, not knowing any better. I always, whenever I was going on vacation, I always kept my ties, you know, because I'd be gone for maybe two weeks, and I figured I'd make it up when I came back. And someone said to me, well, why don't you pay your ties before you go? And I said, because I might need the money while I'm on vacation. <laughs> and then they said, well, how is that trusting God? Won't, don't you think he'll provide for you while you're on vacation? It just it never occurred to me, right? I mean, I'm going to miss those Sundays. I might as well just keep my money and pay them when I get back. But anyway, now I pay my tithes. If I'm going on vacation for two weeks or whatever I'm doing, I always pay my tithes before I go on vacation. And I have never wanted for anything and not had enough money on vacation. But again, sometimes it's ignorance, you know, but when you know better, definitely, you do better. Yeah, Definitely Amen. it's because the church doesn't teach about it. We just ask it. And just asking it sometimes is a recipe for disaster. Because people don't understand why this is, you know, one of, one of the people or the couple that have always uh, I don't want to put you on, on the spot, but, 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 but they, they send in their tithes and they specifically say, Pastor, we're going to be gone for two months. This is our tithe for that. Uh, I, I, you know, I really believe that there is no vacation from tithing. Pastor Cheryl said a, a thing that made me wonder, and I, it probably is legalistic, but if you um, tithe from your gross and then you do get a tax return, mm -hmm. what's the, what's the um, proper way to think of that? The proper way to think about it is you tithe anytime God blesses you. But if you are doing your, if you're purposely putting that aside so that you will get the return, uh, which I do. Um, well, yeah, it could be an offering, but I, I'm just saying, what's the thing about the tithe part since you've already paid from your gross to begin with? If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Tithing is not to be looked at legalistically. I tithe when God blesses me. I'm not saying if God blesses me, because I know he's going to. When he blesses me, I give my tithes. I don't calculate, have I, I've, I've already paid on this? I've already done this? That's when you get legalistic. Do you teach your children to tithe? Yes, I do. Do they make money? When Anaya ever gets a gift, he tithes. They don't make money. They don't work. But you teach them to tithe. I started teaching my kids when they were, when they were born <laughs> to recognize God in their lives, even though they were still heathens until they got saved. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but heathens can learn too. <laughs> and when they became Christian, it was not a, a big thing for them to do. That was the time I gave them three banks. One is for your tithe. One is for you to spend. One is to keep for the future. 
And I tell them that maybe at the end of the year, you need to spend that one for the future so you know that if you do save it, you can spend it. You know? So we teach little by little. Well, I was just going to say, it says be a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. You know? and, and by the way, the word cheerful is from the Greek, hilarious. That's where we get the word is hilariously, you know, to give with, <laughs> you know. Uh, hey, man, I just want to give. I don't know why I want to give. Be a hilarious giver, a cheerful giver. Thank you for listening. If you would love to hear more sermons like this one or find out more about our church, please visit us at villagebaptisthome.org. Until next time, take care and God bless.